Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. 
Mega, mega, mega. Show. I'm your host, Rory Sauter. Happy Saturday. I hope you all are doing fantastic. I'm coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Beautiful day outside. Um, it's, it's marvelous. Got done playing golf. And, uh, you know, it's absolutely, um, you know, it's great. It really is. You know, the, uh, the Arizona, you know, uh, sunshine. Can't beat it. Um, I'm very excited to be with all of you today. Um, you know, there's so much uh, going on. There's a huge agenda we have to talk about. I mean, a long fucking list. You know, it, it goes on and on. Um, I want to uh, give a shout-out to uh, more listeners. I have – now I have, like, five countries uh, of people uh, tuning into my show – uh, there's people from Norway, United Kingdom, Germany. Then there was Canada, and as of uh, today, there's a new co- uh, people, a new country uh, of audience for my show, uh, and that's Brazil. So um, you know the show keeps spreading; uh, it keeps getting noticed. Um, you know, people are listening. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Um, you know, for the short amount of time, uh, the Rory Sauter show been up and going. Uh, we've, you know, I've seen with the statistics uh, a significant increase uh, in my audience numbers. So to everybody listening, thank you. Thank you for letting me share my insight with you. Thank you for, um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. You know, you know I, I, I appreciate every single one of you. And uh, you know, you guys are you guys are all amazing. And uh, you know, I know I know a lot of you have uh, bought merchandise on my store, my shirts and stuff, my Trump shirts um, at uh, the Make Tech Great Again page and Making Christianity Great Again page. And I appreciate that. I want to give a shout out for those people. Um, so the merchandise is good, selling, and uh, you know, the audience uh, ratings are are good for you know me being out for such a short time. Uh, and I continue to grow. <clears throat> we'll continue to grow the Rory Sauter Show. 
I have a lot planned. Uh, you know, we have a lot planned, uh, a lot of stuff being put together. Uh, I'm going to be having a lot of guests on here in the near future. Um, I'm, I'm working on that, um, you know, but uh, there, will be, there will be a long list of guests that I will be having on the show. And, um, you know, it'll be very exciting and, uh, you know, and people will strongly enjoy it as well. Uh, you know, so that's, uh, that's a very, uh, uh, a thing to look forward to, uh, for sure. Um, but I want to get to the, uh, opening monologue. And, uh, before I talk about any stories today, I want to give a moment of silence, uh, and a prayer, uh, to the, to the victims of the Florida shooting, uh, 17 people lost their lives, innocent children at high, at a high school in Florida. Everybody knows about it. It's trending news right now. Uh, I've been following it very closely. Uh, it's tragic. Um, you know, 17 dead. Uh, there's others wounded. Um, you know, and just the trauma and just the the psychological uh, experience of the survivors and losing their friends and what they've had to go through. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's complete uh, tragedy. And, uh, you know, my heart is with them, and, and it, it breaks my heart and makes me cry. Some, uh, you know, like losing a best friend. Like some of these people are crying about losing their best friends or losing their siblings, for the God's sakes. I mean, there were siblings that, uh, you know, were texting each other their last words. Uh, it's terrible. Um, but I want to I wanna really uh, say, you know, uh, a moment of silence and a uh just for these uh people uh you know in Florida that were badly affected and um condolences to all the family and all the victims all right thank you that was beautiful um i want to play you all a clip of uh Trump's reaction uh, the other day, uh, immediately after the Florida shooting. Uh, one, two. It's a long clip, but you guys will enjoy it. It's always good when Trump speaks. My fellow Americans, today I speak to a nation in grief. Yesterday, a school filled with innocent children and caring teachers became the scene of terrible violence, hatred, and evil. Around 2.30 yesterday afternoon, police responded to reports of gunfire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, a great and safe community. There, a shooter who is now in custody, opened fire on defenseless students and teachers. He murdered 17 people and badly wounded at least 14 others. Our entire nation, with one heavy heart, is praying for the victims and their families. To every parent, teacher, and child, who is hurting so badly. We are here for you, whatever you need, whatever we can do 
to ease your pain. We are all joined together as one American family, and your suffering is our burden also. No child, no teacher should ever be in danger in an American school. No parent should ever have to fear for their sons and daughters when they kiss them goodbye in the morning. Each person who was stolen from us yesterday had a full life ahead of them, a life filled with wondrous beauty and unlimited potential and promise. Each one had dreams to pursue, love to give, and talents to share with the world. And each one had a family to whom they meant everything in the world. Today, we mourn for all of those who lost their lives. We comfort the grieving and the wounded. And we hurt for the entire community of Parkland, Florida, that is now in shock and pain and searching for answers. To law enforcement, first responders, and teachers who responded so bravely in the face of danger, we thank you for your courage. Soon after the shooter, I spoke with Governor Scott to convey our deepest sympathies to the people of Florida and our determination to assist in any way that we can. I also spoke with Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi and Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. I'm making plans to visit Parkland, to meet with families and local officials, and to continue coordinating the federal response. In these moments of heartache and darkness, we hold on to God's Word in Scripture. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. We trust in that promise, and we hold fast to our fellow Americans in their time of sorrow. I want to speak now directly to America's children, especially those who feel lost, alone, confused, or even scared. I want you to know that you are never alone, and you never will be. You have people who care about you, who love you, and who will do anything at all to protect you. If you need help, turn to a teacher, a family member, a local police officer, or a faith leader. Answer hate with love. Answer cruelty with kindness. We must also work together to create a culture in our country that embraces the dignity of life, that creates deep and meaningful human connections, and that turns classmates and colleagues into friends and neighbors. Our administration is working closely with local authorities to investigate the shooting and learn everything we can. We are committed to working with state and local leaders to help secure our schools and tackle the difficult issue of mental health. Later this month, I will be meeting with the nation's governors and attorney generals. We're making our schools and our children safer will be our top 
priority. It is not enough to simply take actions that make us feel like we are making a difference. We must actually make that difference. In times of tragedy, the bonds that sustain us are those of family, faith, community, and country. These bonds are stronger than the forces of hatred and evil. And these bonds grow even stronger in the hours of our greatest need. And so always, but especially today, let us hold our loved ones close. Let us pray for healing and for peace. And let us come together as one nation to wipe away the tears and strive for a much better tomorrow. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you very much. Perfectly said. You, that was perfect. Could not have said it any better. Totally, uh, you know, the sincerity and the authenticity in his voice and his speech was absolutely flawless. I mean, you can tell uh, that his heart is totally in America and that he loves us all. Um, And, uh, you know, it's just so, um, it's so great to see, uh, you know, we have a leader uh, finally that cares so much about the American people and about the and about America. God bless president Trump. That was a, that was well said. Um, But, you know, I want to get to this uh, crazy, you know, unexpected uh, shooting, uh, you know, in Florida that occurred. Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas Cruz is the guy's name. Cruz has had a, tr- a very troubled history. Um, he he got kicked out of school. He got expelled. Uh, he was known to be uh, very different. Uh, he had a, a bad obsession with guns to a point where it was scary. Um, you know, there were a lot of warning signs. Um, there were several classmates that even made jokes uh, at one point, said uh, if there was ever going to be somebody that went postal or was going to be a shooter, it's going to be this guy. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, that – and then it happened. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, this is nuts. And, you know, it, it, it really it, – this whole incident – with Nicholas Cruz, um, you know, there's videos of him and photos of him in his backyard fucking around with ammo, uh, shooting shit, you know, shooting around, like, being totally reckless. Um, definitely known for being very violent. Uh, there's been cops uh, called to his house on several occasions way before this incident ever occurred, uh, you know, and uh, he... Uh, he definitely has a troubled history. Um, the FBI, this really puzzles me and pisses me off and just goes to show the FBI uh, isn't on top of things. The FBI was notified in September after a YouTube user named Nicholas Cruz, who is the kid, uh, you know, that went in and, and shot the 17 people. Left the, Nicholas Cruz left a comment about wanting to be a professional school shooter, quote-unquote reports uh, BuzzFeed. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, I'm going to read this to you a little bit. A YouTuber named Ben Ben Knight 
weird fucking name, Ben Ben Knight, emailed the FBI tip line after he noticed a comment left by Nicholas Cruz on one of his videos. The comment read, quote, unquote, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. Jesus Christ, this guy had this fucking thing planned for months. Ben Knight lives in Mississippi and says he was immediately contacted by the local FBI office. He met with agents the following day. That was the last I heard from them, he told BuzzFeed. In the wake of the arrest of 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz for the murders of 17 people into Wednesday's school shooting in Parkland, Florida, Ben Knight was again contacted by the FBI. According to BuzzFeed, Special Agent Ryan Furr left the following voicemail, quote-unquote, I think we spoke with you in the past about a complaint that you made about someone making a comment on your YouTube channel. I just want to follow up with you on that and ask you a question with something that comes up, if you wouldn't mind giving me a ring. Ben Knight says he was again visited by the FBI agents Wednesday and asked if he knew Cruz. When he told the agents he did not, they left. As of this writing, there is no confirmation that the Nicholas Cruz who left that YouTube comment is the same Nicholas Cruz arrested for Wednesday's shooting massacre. But uh, there's a strong chance. Uh, actually, it's almost guaranteed it's the same Nicholas Cruz uh, YouTube comment as, it, as the real one. I mean, there, there's a lot of um, evidence that points to, uh, you know, Nicholas Cruz did leave those comments. Uh, let's see here. Let me see. And it's it's one of those things where gun-free zone, too. Think about this, people. This fucking guy took his, took his gun into a gun-free zone, into a school, and started fucking blowing people away. Started blowing people away. And do you realize every single school shooting and terrorist act so far has been in a gun-free zone? Gun control doesn't work. You say gun-free zone, you got millions of guns on the street illegally that people are going to obtain, whether, you know, whether then the government's not going to do anything about it. They, why, how do you, people break the law every day. They go to fucking jail. They go to prison. That thing works. Banning guns is no different than banning drugs. People are always going to get their hands on them. You know, people are always going to be reckless with them. So, you know, this whole this whole debate with, um, you know, and I'm going to get really into this topic, you know, in a little bit on my show, but I, I, I want to talk about Nicholas Cruz, obviously, but there's all this, you know, commotion and bullshit and, and gibberish coming out right now. I want gun control. I want gun control. I mean, literally, like, that's going to make things worse because then you're going to have the good guys who have no, no – they can't defend themselves, and you're going to have the bad guys already planning the attack, getting their guns off the black market and coming to you. Like, it, it, it's, it's – this is like common fucking sense. I mean, and, and the argument from the Democrats, it makes, it makes me want to puke. It's disgusting. It's, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that their sheep buy into it, pity of them. But immediately, um, fucking immediately, after this shooting happened, Democrats politicized this fucking, and had no sympathy or no sort of uh, respect for the family. They, Democrats immediately made this up political issue and said we need gun control 
the minute this happens, no sorries, no condolences, gun control now, gun control now. Shut the fuck up. I mean, it's not, it's one of those things where what would be better than gun control, what would be, obviously gun control, there's no fucking point. Chicago has the most strictest gun laws in fucking America, and they have the highest crime rate and murder rate. And that's my point. The thugs and the bad guys get them off the street, and there's millions of them on the street. Guns, weapons, whatever the fuck you want, you get on the black market too. So this is just, it's fucking gibberish when I hear fucking gun control. You know what really needs to happen? You know what the fucking solution is? Armed fucking security in schools. A, a pop-off comes in there, tries any little stupid fuck, tries to pull any shit, shoot him in the fucking head. You got any terrorist fuck come in there and pull any crap? Security shoots him in the head. No fucking around. No losing innocent lives. We need to protect our people. And if somebody comes into a school and and wants to kill people, you need security and teachers ready to blow that fucking terrorist head off. I mean, we cannot. I feel terrible for these families. I feel fucking terrible. I feel I feel so fucking bad for what they have to go through. I really do. And I also feel bad that a lot of people, you know, are, are it's like I said, that making this into a political issue rather than helping these people grieve, you know, coming up with a real solution. The real solution is it's easy. Armed security and armed teachers. And and if if, if anybody can recall, um, Trump on his campaign trail, um, you know, a while back, he uh, you know introduced and uh, you know put put on the table uh, a bill where he would want to pass and and a legislation where in schools we would have armed security and armed teachers. So Trump was talking about this two years ago, even before he was elected president. So now I, I, I really think Trump is going to put that into effect. And I think that's the brilliant, that's the fucking smartest thing you do. Nobody's going to mess with schools. If you have armed security and armed teachers, And, you know, uh, President Trump over this weekend, you know, with, with everything that's going on, with all, the, with all the, you know, with all the commotion, with all the issues, with all the situations, you know, with what's going on, I really think he's going to put, uh, you know, something into effect uh, in, the, in the area of, uh, you know, armed security or armed teachers. I really think there's going to be something put, put forth uh, immediately, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and, and there's been many sources that have said that, and that and that's something that, 
you know, it, 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 and that's something that you need. Fuck, it, it's... It, Jesus Christ. And, and it bothers me. Here's the thing. I mean, they're really, you know, it, you can't really put uh, uh, regulation on on, fi- on firearms and expect it, it to improve. It will make things worse. Because what happens when illegal drugs like cocaine and all these other things are illegal? People get them all the time. They're much, they're easy to get. I mean, the, the, this this whole thing of leaving people, the good guys, defenseless enemies, can go on the black market or go off the street and acquire weapons. And you know, if they, if if these people, um, if these people have a plan. Uh, to commit a crime, they're going to fucking do it regardless of what law you have in place. You know, so this it's, it's all about, for the Democrats, I'll explain it to you perfectly. It's all about control for the Democrats. They want to control your guns. They want to control your food. They want to control your welfare. They want to control your health insurance. They want to control your life. It's fucking communism. And I've talked about communism on my show before. It's terrible. It's, it, it, it's, look at Venezuela. Look at Venezuela. And you know what a good example is of, of this whole, uh, you know, gentleman that went in there? Uh, you know, I'm not going to call him a gentleman. Misfit, fuck. Uh, Nicholas, um, you know, whatever his name is. Nick, the, the fucking guy, Nicholas. He, you know, he went in there, did, did this terrible act. Uh, you know, killed 17 people. But here's an example. Like, in a DUI, we blame the driver. In a bombing, we blame the bomber. In a shooting, we blame the gun? Question mark. You know, that, why blame, you know, and that's the thing. You know, with with political politics, especially on the left, the Democrats, they, they don't, you know, are they not? Are they? Are they? Are they stupid? Do they not have common sense? Of course, you're supposed to blame the idiot. You're not. You're not supposed to blame the gun. You blame the You blame the terrorist if he commits an act. You blame the DUI convict if he get if he. You know. I mean, it, 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 it's all the same. It all adds up. You know, and it's one of those things that Nicholas Cruz had, and this is this is fucking this is bizarre as shit. Nicholas Cruz, uh, there were many reports uh, about Nicholas Cruz uh, from the FBI uh, that he was a threat, like I said earlier, and they ignored it. Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, uh, should resign. Uh, he was in fucking charge. He was aware of this crap. It's almost like, you know, and like I said before, I, I'm going to do a, a big whole show on conspiracy theories uh, pretty pretty soon at some point. But, you know, this could be another, another set up by the government. Set up. I mean, don't think the FBI or the American government doesn't set this kind of shit up. 
and, and then we see the day after uh, the Russian indictments, uh, you know, as a distraction, uh, what's going on. And we, just like we saw with the Las Vegas shooting, there was like a big report out the next day uh, to distract us from what was going on with the Las Vegas shooting. And now there's uh, reports uh, that there was a second shooter uh, in this Florida um, in, the, in this Florida uh, school, school uh, killing. Um, I want to play this for you. Uh, this woman was interviewed, and uh, she's a student at the school, a senior, uh, young lady. And uh, listen to her story. She says that there were two shooters. So what the fuck? Uh, listen in. One, three. I actually was in the bathroom at the moment, and I came back to my classroom, and I knocked on the door, and the fire alarm went off, and the um, principal came on the speaker and just said, everyone needs to evacuate right now, so that's what we did. Uh, as I was going down the stairs, I heard a couple shots fired. Everyone was freaking out, saying that it was a gun, and um, as we were walking, the whole class together... I actually was speaking to the suspect, Nicholas Cruz, and as I was speaking to him, he seemed very, I don't, I don't know what the word I want to say is, but um, he was trouble in middle school, so I kind of joked to him about it and said, I'm surprised you weren't the one who did it, and he just gave me a huh, so uh, that's really, really what happened. You were walking down the hall, he had already fired at that time. Yes, sir, with him. Weren't you scared? Um, in the moment I wasn't because there was obviously definitely another shooter involved, but... Oh, you think he was not the only one? No, definitely not. Why do you say that? Um, because when shots were fired, I saw him after the fact. So, and the shots were coming from the other part of the building... So there definitely had to be two shooters involved, I believe. That's the first I've heard of that. Did you see any other students who were wounded? Um, no, sir. So there you have it. Wow. So you have a student at that school that is now saying, she said the guy's fucking name, Nicholas Cruz. Oh, I've known him since middle school. I saw him in the hallway. And I heard shots coming from down the hall when I was with him. Oh, my. Is this not? I don't know what to think. I don't know what to fucking think right now, guys. This is nuts. Is this just another setup by the American government? Is this bitch lying? I don't know. She sounded pretty fucking serious. I'm wondering right now, I'm fucking wondering, you know, and it happens on Valentine's Day, it, you know, it's, he's, it's, there's just so many things that, that's just one of so many things that I'm, this is like the Las Vegas shooting, there's so many things that don't add up, and they're not, they're not even, I mean, they're being a little, they're being more open than Las Vegas was about, uh, you know, evidence and, and what's going on, but there they should be telling us more. Um, I'm going to go and uh, play you a couple clips of students reacting 
um, couple witnesses. Uh, one, four. Here we go. Our first response was, that sounded a lot like a gunshot. And we closed the door. And we tell our teacher she closes the door. And right after she does that, the fire alarm gets full. So right now we're in a school. An active shooter. It's not a drill. This is not a school. And currently. Hello. I start going with them. I follow the herd, and it turns out that we were actually running towards the school shooter. And thank God for a janitor stopping us right before we got anywhere near close to the freshman building. He stopped us, and he got us into Chef Kurth with uh, Chef Kurth's help into her classroom. I would say about 30 to 40 students into this teacher's classroom at the same time, and as a result of their heroic actions, they saved probably all of our lives. This is not acceptable. This is something that is completely unacceptable and that we need to take action on. We can say all these great things like, we condolences and saying we're so sorry for your loss is obviously important. But what we need at this point is not to say that anymore because there shouldn't be any more children that die. We need to take action. More now on the school shooting in Florida where police say all right, guys, I'm going to play you another clip from some other witnesses in the Florida shooting. More now on the school shooting in Florida, where police say at least 17 are dead after a shooting at Park, in Parkland, Florida, this afternoon. We're joined by Areeb Siddiqui, a senior at the school who saw a part of this attack. Areeb, um, tell, us, tell us what you saw and what you did. All right, well, today we already had one fire drill, so we didn't think much of the second one, but... The second one was when the fire, like the shooting was happening. So while we were walking outside, we didn't hear any gunshots, we just heard the fire alarm, and then we heard like, you know, pop, pop. And that's when I realized, you know, this is serious, we gotta get out of here. My mood completely changed. I started running, like I started running from one side of the school to the other. And I met up with my best friend, Hector, and we just started running through the bushes towards like West Glades. We ran through West Glades, you know, across the street. And while we crossed the street, we didn't see anybody we didn't see any cop cars on the road except for like maybe like one and an ambulance. So we're like, oh wow, that's that's crazy. Maybe it's still like a drill. And then we were running through the bushes to get around to like maybe Pine Island, which is right down the road. And um, when we got out the bushes, like the whole street was just flooded with cars and like cop cars and like helicopters were in the air. And we, like that's when we knew it was serious. And like we started getting messages like, are you okay? And we're like, wow, just like something crazy definitely happened. And we started getting messages like, you know, our friends have been shot, all this stuff. And, like. It's a lot to take in right now, you know. And so, Reed, this happened quickly. This happened. This happened right around the time of, um, around the time of dismissal. Yeah, like around probably 2:30, 2:20. When we get out at 2:40. When an alarm was pulled. Can you say that again? And when, when an alarm was pulled. Yeah. The, yeah. All right, uh, Arib Siddiqui. Um, we're very happy to hear that uh, you are safe and, and your friends are safe. We appreciate it. Wow. Jesus. I mean, you get all these kids traumatized, scared, to say the least. I mean, I can't even imagine, um, you know, but, whoa, um, there needs to be act action taken. Proper action, like I said, is armed security, armed teachers. And then nobody is going to mess with any, uh, nobody, no, nobody will come in there trying shenanigans like this uh, Nicholas Cruz did. Um, you know, he, um, 
you know, it, it's it's one. Here, here's here's the thing. You can't. All of these people that have, you know, made these attacks and done committed these terror these terrorist uh, crimes and these these murders to get a gun. And that's, I mean, that's all. That's all you have to do in the U.S. Uh, but regardless, uh, you know, the, the the left, the Democrats are trying to say, you know, oh, background checks, it's too, it's too, you know, they can get it too easy that way. Well, I mean, they get it off the street if they don't get if they don't get it at a store. So, you know, it's almost like <laughs> there, there's no solution here. In a lot of ways, because you still have everything that's illegal. You have people getting it every second of every day, whether it's fentanyl drugs, whether it's kilos of cocaine, whether it's you know hundreds, hundreds of guns of stash. I mean, you, you got all these gang members, MS, MS-13. You got the uh, you know the Bloods, the Crips. You've got you know the mafia. You got You've got people, every sort of, per, millions of people on the streets with these guys. The only solution, and I'm going to say it again, I've said it so many times, is armored teachers and armored security in schools. And I, I believe, just like Trump said in, early on in his campaign a couple of years ago, uh, that, you know, he was going to talk about this and put this forth. I think he'll finally uh, address uh, you know this, um, and 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 and, keep, and this will keep everybody safe for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, if we have, if because our kids, innocent lives cannot be taken anymore. N- no more. You know, it's if it, it, people should, American citizens should not feel, uh, you know, scared or unsafe while they're at school. Um, you know, they should always feel, you know, protected. And um yeah, man, I just can't I get so emotional about this stuff. It really breaks my heart. It really does. Like it's so terrible. So there there was an Uber the an Uber driver that um that drove Nicholas Cruz to do his shooting. So the Uber driver transported him. I'm going to read this a little bit, but my, before I even read this article, and I haven't read it, uh, but uh, you know, this they're investigating. I think they're going to investigate the Uber driver. But anyways, before I even read this, how the fuck would the Uber driver not suspect something is wrong? I mean, you know, this fucking guy, you know, unless he hit it very well, uh, you know, but, I mean, this guy had a huge gun. I mean, I would say that uh, the Uber driver, you know, would have noticed, don't you? Jesus. Um, According to a new report, the gunman behind the recent shooting at a school in Florida took an Uber to the school the day of the shooting. 
Naples Daily News reports Nicholas Cruz, the gunman responsible for the recent shooting at Broward County High School in Parkland, Florida, has told law enforcement officials that he took an Uber to the school the day of the shooting and carried an additional ammunition with him. How does the Uber driver not know that? I've noticed this. Cruz, who is 19 years old, is currently facing 17 charges of premeditated murder and is being held in custody at the Broward County Jail without bail. According to authorities, Cruz took an Uber to school along with a concealed AR-15 rifle and extra ammunition. Cruz reportedly arrived at the school in a small gold-covered, gold-colored vehicle, according to an eyewitness. The driver of the Uber confirmed to law enforcement that she, has ju- ju- that she had dropped Cruz off at the school. According to the Palm Beach Post, Uber released a statement saying, we will share any information with federal and local officials that may be helpful to their investigation. Our thoughts and prayers are with the entire Parkland community, especially with the individuals affected and their families at this time. Cruz was wearing a maroon shirt, black pants, and a black hat, and carried a black duffel bag and backpack. The eyewitness described Cruz as a former troubled student and said they watched as Cruz walked towards one of the school buildings. Moments later, gunshots were heard, and the eyewitness called Code Red. After the shooting, Cruz used the ensuing chaos to blend in with the crowd and evade law enforcement, but was caught a short while later and taken into custody. Law enforcement also spoke to a local family that Cruz was living with. The family told police that Cruz was living with them for the past few months and that his parents had died. Cruz told law enforcement that he had planned to dispose of his weapons and slip into the crowd of students unnoticed after the shooting. The FBI reportedly was made aware of the threatening comments from a YouTube account bearing Cruz's name, but the 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 Bureau was unable to track down the teenager. So, yeah, so we have all, I mean, this all, so we have a girl that knows Cruz uh, and was talking to him, and he wasn't the shooter, and there was a second shooter down the hall, and now we have the FBI saying, fuck, I mean, think about this. I mean, you know, sure, there's a really good chance that, you know, this woman could be lying about her being with the shooter, uh, him unarmed, and uh, there was a second shooter, like we heard the clip earlier. But what the fuck? I mean, this shit is twisted. It's like a fucking movie. Was there a second shooter? I mean, was this planned by the government? I don't know. And the Democrats are trying to say that this fucking guy is a white supremacist. No, he's not. He's Hispanic, and he's not a white supremacist. He is not... Uh, a Trump supporter, like everybody was saying. Uh, you know, it's complete lies. So, you know, he was a, Ber- this guy was a Bernie supporter that it came out. He was a fucking Bernie supporter. Fuck. Uh, blows my mind, guys. Absolutely blows my mind. And, you know, there, there were all these, but there were all these red flags and warnings and even teachers and, and, and the principal and, you know, they all knew, they all knew that, uh, you know, this kid was troubled and, you know, there was something going on and they did not take action. And now, 
you have all these fucking kids, and, uh, you know, I've been seeing this on social media over the weekend, and it's, I don't know how, why our country is turning into this or why the world is turning into this. It's absolutely disgraceful. But now you have about three people um, in the last couple of days getting arrested for saying they're planning to uh, shoot up their school. You have people that are getting fucking crazy sick people that are getting inspired by shit like this. It's like a fucking trend. It's becoming a trend. These people are nuts. These kids, some of these kids are so demented and so delu- so badly gone and delusional that they get these movie concepts and they think it, they're, you know, they're the fucking man. They're badass. To say it, but sadly, this could be a trend like the Me Too movement. I mean, this, this stuff could keep happening. We've already seen it happen so much in the last year. And I don't think it's stopping. For instance, you have a, you have a person in Washington now, in the state of Washington, that her own grandmother had to turn her in because she was plotting and had everything written out to shoot up her school. And now the woman is facing, I think, 25 years in prison. Just a young, no, it's actually a young guy. I think he, he's only 17 years old, and he's going to jail for a long fucking time. Jesus. But you know what? Anybody could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Everybody, always be aware of your surroundings. Always. You know, it's, it's a scary fucking world out there. Jesus. All righty, I want to um, I want to play a clip for you guys, um, and this is good. This is a good one. Um, so basically, moving on to my next topic. Um, actually, before I get to my next topic, I want to say one more thing about you know this whole gun d- debacle. Um, it's all about control. These, the Democrats want control of the guns. They want to control. They want people to be defenseless. As bad as that sounds, as evil as that sounds, they're an evil party. The Democratic Party is not what it was 20, 30 years ago. And you have, and, you know, we're, the, whole, the, whole, the whole, you know, thought of, um, you know, I made, I, made the, I made a great point earlier. You know, regardless of what you sign into law, they'll always get their hands on them on the street weapons, and then the good, the good guys, the innocent people, are stuck, are stuck defenseless. That's that's. I mean, that's fucked. It's fucked. So a solution for this is absolutely. I'm gonna say it again, again, again. Armed security and armed teachers. We live in a new era. We cannot lose lives. This is no bullshit, people. This is no fucking bullshit. Um, Tucker Carlson, I watch him often on Fox. He's very, he's great. He's probably the best political talk show host on TV, if you ask me. He's my favorite. He's honest. 
He's fair. Uh, he's balanced. Um, but he, he makes a great point here, um, you know, about Democrats wanting control. Um, you know, it's nothing, you know, this is not a gun. This is not a gun issue. This was a mental health issue. This was a guy that, um, you know, you know, he, uh, he's to blame. You, you can't blame the gun. But anyways, uh, clip uh, one five. Decent person is horrified by what happened yesterday in Parkland. Every thoughtful person knows something horrible is going on in American society. Tragedies like this happen for a reason, and it probably doesn't have a lot to do with guns. The percentage of American households with firearms has dropped dramatically over the past 35 years. Meanwhile, the number of mass shootings has risen. If you're over 40, you did not grow up in a country like this. So the question is, what happened? It could be a lot of things. Far more Americans than ever before take psychiatric medications. Are outbursts of violence a potential side effect? We don't know, but it's possible. Does the social atomization of modern society play a role in all this? Well, spending life online does cause alienation. We know that. Last week, we interviewed author Johan Hari, who has studied the dramatic rise of depression in this country. As he pointed out, the most common answer to the question, how many close friends do you have, is now zero. A lack of meaningful relationships does cause despair. Perhaps in rare cases, it drives some to mass murder. Meanwhile, the nuclear family has collapsed nationwide. Does a generation of boys growing up without fathers pose a threat to this country? Of course it does. Why wouldn't it? Fatherlessness is one feature common to many mass shooters. Nobody's surprised by that. And what about men more broadly? As a group, men are not thriving in this country right now. Ignore the propaganda, and there's a lot of it. And instead, look at the numbers. Men kill themselves more, graduate less, and of course commit pretty much 100% of mass shootings. It's a disaster, which for some reason our elites persist in ignoring. In March, this show will begin a month-long series every Wednesday on what is happening to men. We hope it'll be interesting. But why haven't we been talking about this for years? And we're not saying any of these factors caused the massacre we saw yesterday. We don't know that. We are saying we ought to do our honest best as a nation to figure out what exactly is going on here. But we're not doing that. That vital conversation has been drowned out and made impossible by mindless screeching about gun control led by blustery charlatans in the media, you know exactly who they are, and also in Congress, whose only real agenda is moral preening. They aren't trying to solve the problem. Their aims are darker than that. Press a little bit and you'll see it. Sensible gun reforms, you hear that phrase a lot. You heard it all day today on cable news. What exactly does that mean, sensible gun reforms? Banning bump stocks? No. A piece on Vox.com today calls for a landmark gun control bill like the one Australia passed 22 years ago in 1996. That's the law that liberals are always telling you about. But the Australian law wasn't gun control, and it wasn't a voluntary buyback, no matter what they tell you. It was gun confiscation, a wholesale mandatory disarmament of the entire civilian population. Imagine what would happen if you tried that here in this country. America is not Australia for a bunch of reasons, including our history and our Bill of Rights. Imagine federal officials marching from house to house, seizing hundreds of millions of firearms from law-abiding citizens, and then fining and imprisoning those who resist. Vox approvingly calls this leadership. In fact, it's a recipe for bloodshed and civil war. It's nuts. Yet it is a common fantasy on the left. Dan Pfeiffer was a senior advisor to Barack Obama. Now he's a contributor at CNN, of course. 
Last fall, Pfeiffer wrote an article attacking his fellow Democrats for what he bluntly called fake moderation on guns. His advice was this, stop pretending to respect the Constitution and instead focusing on appointing judges who will nullify it. The goal? Gun seizures, ammunition regulation, the disarmament of the American population, a country where only the people in charge have guns and everybody else obeys. In the wake of yesterday's shooting, Pfeiffer's piece is going viral on the left. What he wrote is what they believe. So let's stop lying about this. The calls you're hearing today for gun control have nothing to do with protecting Americans from violence. What you're witnessing is a kind of class war. The left hates rural America, red America, gun-oting America, the America that elected Donald Trump. They hate them. Progressives are still in charge of most of the major institutions in this country, and they despise the autonomy of an armed population. They want collective punishment for the sins of a few. They seek to obliterate a core constitutional right rather than trying to mitigate its downsides. They call it gun control, but it's not. It's people control. For the left, voters who can't be controlled can't be trusted. Bravo, bravo. Tucker Carlson is the – he always puts everything into – I mean, he says it perfectly. I mean, he's flawless. He's the greatest. Um, well said, though. Well said. And he's absolutely right. It is people control. And just because we have a few misfits, you know, that uh, uh, go out and, you know, do fucked up shit, you know, that doesn't mean everybody else should suffer that are law-abiding uh, gun citizens, you know. So, yeah, you know, it's a um, it's a topic that I'm definitely going to be uh, talking about a lot, especially this Florida shooting. There's a lot more investigations to come. Uh, but uh, I'm going to move on uh, to my next topic, which is which is great. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so LeBron uh, James is talking shit about President Trump again. Uh, fucking chump. LeBron is a fucking chump. LeBron is a LeBron. You barely graduated high school. LeBron, you know, he can't even spell. He can't even use punctuation. You know, he can barely fucking speak. It's all ebonics. And he's trying to criticize and give a lecture to a billionaire who made black unemployment, got black unemployment. You're just mad the white man has created all this success for America. You're just, you're just mad Obama, your messiah, couldn't do it, homie. That's it. Bottom line. I'm going to play you this clip, though. Basically, what's going on is Laura Ingram uh, Fox is a Fox News host. And, uh, you know, she was saying, made a comment the other night. Uh, you know, shut up LeBron and just dribble, you know, stay out of politics, which it's true. Athletes, you know, should stay out of politics because when I go to a sporting event, I want to go to watch the sport. I don't want to, I don't want to be involved with politics with sports and too many athletes, too many celebrities, you know, don't keep their fucking mouth shut like they should. And it's a big fucking problem. You know, it bothers a lot of people and it gets a lot of people riled up. But I want to play. I want to play this for you. How ignorant LeBron is, and people are calling Laura Ingram now racist because she told LeBron to quote unquote shut up and keep dribbling the ball. This is the liberal media. They are fucking pathetic. But Laura Ingram, uh, here it is. The clip uh, one six uh, about uh, LeBron. Here we go. 
a rich, spoiled pro athlete talk smack about Trump, he'll get smacked back when we come back. All right, we're going to create a new banner. This is a jump doc alert. NBA superstar LeBron James is talking politics again, and this time it's R-rated. Here's his barely intelligible, not to mention ungrammatical, take on President Trump and a new ESPN podcast. The number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a f about the people. But wait, there's more gripping insight. ESPN host Carrie Champion asked James and fellow NBA star Kevin Durant about what she described as Trump's racist comments. I feel like our team as a, as a country is not ran by a great coach. It's not even a surprise when he says something. It's not even a surprise. It's like laughable. It's like it's not laughable, sad. It's laughable, laughable and it's but scary. It's, but it's also scary. Right, right. I shouldn't be numb to your racism. Right, right. I shouldn't be numb to your behavior. I'm numb to this commentary like, must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. Uh, okay, final thing that I hate. So LeBron James went after President Trump yesterday uh, and said that President Trump doesn't give a bleep about the people. This prompted Laura Ingram to go on a, on a, on a diatribe against LeBron James. Um, here, here's what LeBron James had to say. Ron, you called the president a bum. Yeah, straight up. straight up. How do you describe the climate for an athlete with a platform nowadays that want to talk about what's happening in our world? Well, the climate is hot. The number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a f about the people. When I was growing up, there were like three jobs that you looked for inspiration or you felt like these were the people that can give me life. It was the president of the United States. It was whoever was the best in sports. And then it was like the greatest musician at the yeah. time. You, you never thought you can be them, but you can grab inspiration from. I feel like I can be, you know, if it was a neighborhood African-American cop and he was cool as hell, come around. You, you know, I feel like I could be him. Easy to be. Yeah, I could be him, but I never felt I could be the president of the United States, but I grabbed inspiration from that. And this time right now with the president of the United States, it's, it's at a bad time. And while we cannot change what comes out of that man's mouth, we can continue to alert the people that watch us, that listen to us, as this is not the way. Now, listen, LeBron has every ability to speak out about these things, and he's obviously got a big platform, and people listen to what he, say, what he says. I don't think it makes him a political expert by any stretch of the imagination. When he points out that the president has not done a good job of connecting with a lot of people in the United States, this is obviously true during the election cycle. It was true after the election cycle. So there's some truth to this. I'm not, as a, as a general rule, in favor of people who have not spent a fair bit of time studying politics, speaking with authority about politics. I will say that, that what LeBron is saying here, there's this, an element of truth to what LeBron is saying here with regard to the president's capacity to reach out to people. He needs to do a better job of reaching out to people, but it would help if 
people would also reach out to the president, meaning if LeBron reached out to Trump and said, you know, I want to start a dialogue with you, I think that would be more useful than him sitting there and, and griping about Trump per se, although, listen, he has every right to do it. And thank you. Thank you, Ben. I absolutely agree. If LeBron James has an issue with President Trump or any of these athletes, go sit down with them. Go talk about the issues. I mean, all you guys, all you athletes do is make fucking comments and whine and bitch and, 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 and you know, say stupid shit and, you know, say everything so bad, uh, but you don't get back to your community barely and you don't you won't go meet with the president to address the issue and be and do it like adults like so fuck you fuck you stupid athlete guys i mean seriously president trump is way better than all of you will ever be and richer and richer than all all of you will ever be and more successful than all of you will ever be we all know most of you if you weren't bouncing the fucking ball or playing sports you'd be in fucking prison and you'd be on on food you'd be on fucking food stamps and welfare. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about LeBron. He's extremely ignorant. He's extremely one dimensional. He plays identity politics like a bitch. And uh, he it, 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 it's for LeBron the way LeBron sees politics. He saw Obama, black man, speaks well. Doesn't, LeBron doesn't know shit about politics, but, you know, he sees a, a, a black man, a half-black man. I mean, Obama had a white mama. But, you know, LeBron sees this, and LeBron sees a black guy, and it's like, oh, he's so great. Yeah, he, he he's awesome running this country. But then when you got the billionaire white man, wealthy white man come in, uh, everybody starts starts hating. You know, it's just – it's. It's really sad that LeBron uh, chooses to make these stupid comments, uh, you know, when black unemployment is, a, is at an all-time low. And President Trump made that happen. President Trump is making this country um, a, mira- a miraculous place, like n- never seen before. So people like LeBron, you know, it, it, it's, it's sad. Uh, anyone, any fucking dumb fuck that takes their political advice from LeBron. The guy is not very intelligent. He plays basketball. He's he's the he's the one of the greatest ever. But you know uh, he's not doesn't he's not very intelligent with the stuff he says, uh, and um, he can't even uh, you know complete a full sentence sometimes. But um, you know I I have no. I have no other thought on this except um, because I know it's going to keep happening. These athletes will keep bashing Trump, talking shit, won't address the issue properly like real like real men, and uh, you know it's just that's what's going to happen. Um, it's sad but true. Um. So now, uh, you know, this is big. That my next topic, which I really. I really want to talk to you about now. Before, no, actually, before I before I leave this topic, um, you know, there should be like it's like seriously though, if these athletes saw Trump and were around him, saw the true real Trump, they would love him. 
There's a reason Tom Brady loves Trump so much, and they always hang together. There's a reason Ben Roethlisberger and Trump hang out so much. There's a reason that Trump hangs out so much with with Herschel Walker. I mean, the, these athletes love Trump. People love Trump. If these athletes really got to sit down with them, they would love him. They would probably say, he's a really nice guy. Came out uh, and said that they hated Trump, but then they went to meet with him, and their whole view changed, and they said they can't believe they listened to the lying media for so long. Something to think about, people. Something to think about. All righty. So... So evidence now shows the Russia with Robert Mueller. Uh, you, we can now officially confirm there was never – I mean, we all knew there was never any collusion. But now it's official. There's no collusion. Trump made in a statement yesterday. Uh, President Donald Trump reacted to the news that special counsel Robert Mueller indicted, as we, as we know, as I'm going to talk about, 13 Russians. He indicted 13 Russians for their attempts – to disrupt the 2016 presidential election. Um, the results of the election were not impacted, Trump wrote on Twitter. The Trump campaign did nothing wrong, no collusion. The president also pointed out that Russia's attempt to disrupt the American political system began in 2014, long before he officially, long before Trump officially announced his run for president. So there you go, folks. There's your answer to never even bring up fucking Russia again. This started in 2014, way before Trump was ever even thinking about running. In a statement issued by the White House, Trump continued, it is more important than ever before to come together as Americans. We cannot, we can't allow those seeking to sow confusion, discord, and rancor to be successful. It's time we stop the outlandish partisan attacks, wild and false allegations, and far-fetched theories which only serve to further the agendas of bad actors like Russia and do nothing to protect the principles of our institutions. We must unite as Americans and protect the integrity of our democracy and our elections. Yep. So you have these 13 indictments, and we know why these indictments came. I mean, sooner or later, Robert Mueller spending all these taxpayers' money, he was going to have to indict somebody. And it's not, it's not any, any of us, no Americans. It's 13 Russians. So it looks as if this Mueller investigation is wrapping up very soon. He doesn't have anything. He does not, he does not have anything uh, credible uh, to, he really doesn't. And, um, you have Michael Flynn, who is about to be a free man. Michael Flynn's not – nothing's going to happen to Michael Flynn, and neither with Paul Manafort. Because everything that Mueller tried to get them for, it contradicted many things. So now uh, Flynn is going to be totally off uh, completely, and, and Manafort has nothing to worry about. And not nobody in Trump's campaign has anything to worry about. But but with those two guys, um, Flynn and Manafort, 
they were being charged, if they were going to be charged, which, you know, that's nothing will come of it. They were being charged for something way separate uh, that what did that did not involve the Trump campaign. So nobody in the Trump campaign, uh, you know, is going down. It's not going to happen. Um, and, and this this basically uh, is this is it. I mean, we we this officially proves that Russia should never be talked about again. Trump is not indicted. Trump has nothing to hide. There's nothing there. Mueller got Russians. Not us. This was all bullshit. This story was all bullshit from the start about Trump being involved with Russia. And he still have liberal idiots on the left spewing it to their sheep. Like, get over it already. Like, there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing. And I wanted I wanted to um, read a report uh, real quick, off topic, but I'm going to get back on something right after. Really important to share this with you guys. Um, the liberal media was trying to report that there were 18 school shootings so far in 2018. That was completely incorrect. Um, I'm going to read this uh, from the Washington Examiner, which, uh, you know, calls that out. What we saw at uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, is no less shocking than horrific. Wait, blah, 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 blah. Hold on one second. I just want to see something. Totally. It's totally fake. There was not... Alrighty. So yeah, uh, God, just the the stuff the le- the left uh, spews. Okay, big topic, big segment I got to get to right now for you guys. For you guys. So Byron York, great writer, Washington Examiner. I, I love his work. He's always on top of things. He's always fair. He always knows what's going on. Uh, he wrote a piece. That he wrote a piece uh, the other day. Uh, why are the Comey memos a secret? Question mark. I want to read this to you. And uh, Comey needs to go down. Comey is as guilty as shit. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Comey broke broke several laws. If you uh, you know you look at it, uh, and the fact that he's getting away uh, with all this, uh, he won't. Something's going to come of um, uh, charging Comey. Well, uh, I'm going to read this to you guys. If there, is an, if there is an obstruction of justice case to be made against the president in the Trump-Russia affair, James Comey is in the middle of it. President Trump's decision to fire the FBI director is often cited as Exhibit A for obstruction, and the foundation for that case is a set of seven memos Comey wrote describing conversations he had with the president between January 6th and April 11th, 2017. The memos are critically important. Portions of them have been leaked to the press, given to a Comey friend, discussed in congressional testimony, and read by a few Capitol Hill lawnmakers and staff. Sometimes it seems the only people who have never had a chance to see the Comey memos are the millions of Americans who are trying to make sense of the daily fire hose of Trump 
Russian news. They are not likely to see the memos anytime soon. The FBI and the Office of Trump-Russia Special Counsel Robert Mueller have, have imposed tight restrictions on access to the memos, holding them even more closely than some documents that are classified at a, five, at a far higher level. Now with speculations about obstruction ever present in the media, some lawmakers are calling for the memos to be released. It's time for Americans to know what's going on, they say. Oh, my God. You talk about crooked and corrupt as fuck. The public part of the memo story began on May 16, 2017, when the New York Times published a story headline, Comey Memo Says Trump Asked Him to End Flynn Investigation. The paper reported that Comey penned memo detailing a Trump-Comey conversation the day after the firing of National Security Advisor Michael Flynn was part of a paper trail Mr. Comey created documenting what he perceived as the president's improper efforts to influence a continuing investigation. Agent, agents, uh, contemporary, and FBI agents' notes are widely held up in court as credible evidence of conversations, the Times said. Members of Congress investigating the Trump-Russia affair, both House and Senate, Democrat and Republican, clamored to see the Comey memos. In a letter dated May 17, 2017, the day after the Times report, Senator no, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, uh, Republican of Iowa, and committee members Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina, joined ranking Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein of California and Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island to ask the FBI to produce all such memos if they exist. Other committees made similar requests, as has been the case throughout the investigation. The FBI was not immediately forthcoming. When Comey Comey made a hugely anticipated post-firing appearance before the Senate Intelligence Committee on June 8, 2017, senators still had not seen the memos. They were forced to ask Comey questions, not knowing what he had already written down. Some lawmakers felt particularly uh, aggravated at the FBI's refusal to turn over the memos when they learned that Comey had given some of the documents to a friend, Columbia University law professor Daniel Richmond, for the specific purpose of being leaked to the New York Times with the ultimate hope that exposure would spur the appointment of a special prosecutor in the Trump-Russia case. I asked a friend of mine, quote-unquote, I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter Comey told the Senate last June. Didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel, and so I asked a close friend of mine to do it. Wow, this is oh my god, this is as evil as it gets. Within hours of Comey's testimony, the bipartisan group on the Senate Judiciary Committee fired off a letter to Richmond asking for the memos Comey sent him. Richmond said no. He wouldn't even say if he still had any of the memos. A few months later, the committee asked Richmond to come in for an interview. He refused. Later, he claimed to be one of Comey's attorneys. Finally, in July 2017, the FBI allowed lawmakers to see the memos, but the Bureau made sure the information in the memo was severely restricted. For the Senate Judiciary Committee, which directly oversees the FBI, the Bureau allowed only two committee staffers to see the memos. They had to go to the FBI, and an FBI minder was in the room at all times. They were not allowed to make copies or, or take notes. The FBI later took the memos to the Senate to allow Grassley to read them, but the same rules applied. FBI minder, no copies, no notes. 
the no notes restriction was unusual because committee staff had been allowed to take notes from the Trump Russia Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act or FISA or FISA applications, which were highly classified. Some of the Comey memos were not classified at all. And, of course, both Republicans and Democrats on the, on the Judiciary Committee had, had asked to be given the memos, not to be given a chance to read them. That still hasn't happened. The chairman and ranking members asked for copies of the memos, said a committee spokesperson Wednesday. The FBI has yet to actually turn over those documents to the Congressional Committee tasked with overseeing the Bureau of the Justice Department. On the House side, Republican Trey Gowdy, among a few others, was allowed to read the memos under the same conditions, FBI minor, no copies, no notes. What struck Gowdy was the general absence of classified information in the memos or any other reason they should remain secret. Out of a total of seven memos, the FBI had marked four as classified at the secret or confidential levels, not the highest level, but even with those memos, it appeared to Gowdy that they could be released publicly with only minimal blacking out. What would need to be redacted would be incredibly small and really would not interfere with the substance of the memos. Gowdy told me in a phone conversation Wednesday, I read them a long time ago, and I still don't know why they are not in the public domain. If if they were really helpful for the Democrats, they would have been leaked a long time ago. Devin Nunes, uh, Republican chairman of California, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, has the same view, seeing as Comey already admitted leaking information from his memos to the press. I do think the memo should be released publicly in a statement Wednesday. So why was the secrecy, especially since the presence of what little classified material there is in the memos doesn't seem to present a problem. A Justice Department spokesman did not answer in an inquiry inquiry that the FBI and Mueller have taken the position that the secrecy is necessary because the Trump-Russia Pope is an ongoing investigation. Mueller received support two weeks ago when a federal court in Washington denied Freedom of Information Act request by news organizations to make the memos public. After repeated presentations from Mueller's office, Judge James Boesberg wrote the court, it is now fully convinced that disclosure would, could reasonably be expected to interfere with that ongoing investigation. Bodesberg wrote a detailed analysis of the legal argument in the case, but with Capitol Hill involved, there is always a political side too, and politically, there are at least five reasons why the memo should not remain secret. First is the public's rights, which is strong in the matter of its importance. Second is the fact that there is not going to be an obstruction of justice trial for Trump if there's, if there's any action Wait, second is the fact that there's not going to be an obstruction of justice trial for Trump. If there, if there is any action against him, it will be the political process of impeachment beginning in the House of Representatives, and the memos could play a key role. Third, Comey could himself has already leaked portions of the memos. Fourth, Comey has already testified publicly about some of the same topics covered by the memos. And fifth reason, the FBI has already conceded the principle that Congress has a right to see the memos. Mueller and the FBI remain unconvinced. That could be a matter of principle, or it could be that keeping the Comey memo secret protects Comey's, the star witness's, credibility. It's hard for anyone in public to test the memos and Comey's credibility while the documents remain hidden. And then there is the public impression that the memos might make no one knows whether that would help or hurt Mueller's case. Comey told the Senate that he found some of Trump's statements very disturbing and very concerning, but he did write in the memos that he felt pressured or pushed that Trump was making an effort to obstruct the investigation. Oh, no, wait. He, wait. 
that he felt pressure to push that Trump was making? The answer is not clear. If there was an impeachment trial for Trump, it's uncertain whether the memos would prove more valuable to the prosecution or to the defense. I have Gowdy, quote unquote, Trey Gowdy said, I've read the memos to said to Fox News, they would be defense exhibit A in an obstruction of justice case, not prosecution exhibit. Defense Exhibit A, if Comey felt obstructed, he did a masterful job of keeping it out of the memos. Meanwhile, Congress is still trying to learn more about the documents. Last month, Grassley sent the, the Justice Department another letter trying to figure out who at the Justice Department had handled the memos. Judging by the committee's record, the chairman will keep it at it until the public gets a chance to learn the whole story. So first of all, reading this, we all know Trump will never be impeached. It's just never going to happen. It'll never happen. You know, that, 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 was, their, that was their plan at the FBI. You know, they, they were out. Their plan all along was to um, get, go after Trump. I mean, so, you know, this whole Comey thing is going to bring out a lot. Um, Nothing's going to happen to Trump. If anything, Comey's going down big time. And Rosenstein and Andrew McCabe and a lot of Obama's people. And I'm switching topics because I'm on a time frame. But you want to know what bothers me really bad about this gun control thing? The dumb fuck Muslim from Kenya comes out and says, common sense gun controls. And his liberal sheep bow to him and, and, you know, start listening to him. And Obama is basically telling all of his sheep to be defenseless. And you, even in a bad situation, you won't have a gun, but the bad guy will. I mean, come on. Anybody with a fucking brain knows Obama's full of fucking shit. I mean, Jesus. Um, a new report out today. This is interesting. Um, and it needs to stop the laziness, the fucking, I mean, this is, this is terrible. And this is all, I mean, this, wow. A uh, 52% of non-disabled parents on food stamps do not work. Wow. That was a new report out today. That kind of shit needs to change. And Trump signing bills where people receiving these sort of food stamps and all this stuff will have to take drug tests. They will have to, um, and they're also talking about sending food to the house so these parents can abuse food stamps and get the cash uh, for themselves and buy – the father buys himself a new pair of Jordans, but the baby doesn't have a new diaper on. I mean, come on. We do, you know, you just need proper um, – you need proper parenting. And food stamps are, are ridiculous because people go get money for it. And Trump has put into a place uh, a, a food uh, plan system where you, they send boxes – uh, to these people's houses that are less fortunate and need food instead of giving them, um, you know, the, the government uh, funding uh, food stamps that they can take advantage of. But wow, 52%, Jesus Christ. Um, oh, my God, this is great. You guys, this is fucking great. You guys are going to be so fucking happy. Um, CNN viewership collapses to 30%. CNN viewership collapses. It's at thirty fucking percent. They they go they lost they collapsed they lost percent of their viewers. Thirty percent of their ratings went down. Mass I'm going to read it to you. Massive layoffs 
a cancerous fake news crisis, and the humiliating and expensive implosion of its digital platform appear to be the least of CNN's problems. Because on, on top of all of that, when compared to last year, the far-left cable channel has lost 30% of its primetime viewers and 23% of its total day viewers. The viewership problems for the anti-Trump outlet are breathtaking, especially when compared to its competition. Throughout the week of February 5th, CNN could only scrape together an average 674,000 total daily viewers during the all-important primetime hours. CNN averaged only 888,000 viewers. Those numbers not only put CNN in last place behind MSNBC and Fox News, it puts the 24-7 Trump-hating channel in last pace by a country mile. In a total day, the openly left MSNBC averaged 972,000 viewers compared to CNN's paltry 674,000 viewers. Fox News, however, nearly beat both CNN and MSNBC combined with 1.5 million viewers. During primetime, MSNBC smoked CNN by nearly a million viewers. Fox beat both MSNBC and CNN combined with a whopping 2.6 million uh, viewers during primetime. While the pro-North Korea CNN lost nearly a third of its primetime viewers, MSNBC actually gained uh, a total of 26 primetime, 22%. So it looks like the more of the left is going to either MSNBC or going to Fox and waking up. While retaining its King of the Hill status by wide margins, Fox audience dip was only about half that of CNN's. No one can argue that the news cycle is not every bit as intense in February of 2018 as it was in February of 2017. No one can argue that population has declined. So why is CNN imploding? Why its competition continues to thrive? It probably comes down to a combination of fake news and hate fatigue. To begin with, MSNBC does not lie to its viewers. It advertises itself as an openly left-wing Network, while CNN, which is even further to the left than MSNBC, continues its ridiculous pose as, ob as objective and unbiased. Worse still, CNN can't seem to stop lying to its viewers. CNN chief Jeff Zucker has created a veritable fake news factory over there, a widely hypocritical one that has undermined all of its reporting and moral authority. If you are going to pose as a news outlet, you're reporting – your reporting must have credibility. Nobody believes anything CNN reports, nor should they. Lastly, CNN 24-7 contribution to the climate of hate in this country is not only dangerous, it's simply exhausting. No matter what time of the day you turn on failing, the failing channel on, it is Trump is Hitler and Republicans are racist and worse than Watergate, I'm outraged and I'm still outraged. Christianity is bigotry and hate. Give me your guns. Mock us and we will destroy you. Give up your freedom to central government. Let us whip some violence. Lecture you on decency. A serial liar. All of the above. You turn on CNN there talking about hate, hate, hate. Even if you agree with CNN's monstrous worldview and appalling politics, the hate machine shrill and sanctimonious presentation is so hysterical, so neurotic, so smug, so one note, it's just not attractive to watch. Very true. Very true. All righty. So where is... Okay, you guys are going to get a big... Now, this now this bothers me, and, and we know this, and, and, I, and I, I think I've talked about this before. But there was an article out today 
uh, CEOs to Congress. They wrote, they wrote to Congress saying, import more cheap labor. Obviously, we know this. You know, there's CEOs out there that want to hire illegals, and the, they want to protect these dreamers so they can pay them less and take advantage. And, you know, they don't want to utilize the American worker, which is disgusting that American workers lose out on these jobs. But we all know that uh, a lot of CEOs are very greedy and very uh, want to save as much money as possible, which is understandable to an extent, but it's also a big fuck you to, the, to America. Okay, um, companies are facing pressure to raise wages, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is threatening to punish legislators who deny amnesty for roughly 3.5 million Dreamer illegals and temporary protected status migrants. The threat was delivered via letter as senators prepare to vote on Democratic-drafted amnesties and on GOP-drafted plans to cut the supply of immigrant chain migration labor after 2028. The chamber's February 13 letter was titled Key Vote Alert, and it said underlined and it bold that the chamber may include votes on or in relation to amendments addressing these priorities in our annual How They Voted scorecard. So yeah, I mean, so they, basically, this is just a bunch of a bunch of CEOs throwing up money, sending demanding letters to Congress to keep these dreamers here, so they can take advantage of them, hire them, and pay them for lower wage. This is what they're asking for. I'm going to tell you exactly. Uh, I have the exact list right here. The Chamber's February 13th letter to, le- letter to legislators demands amnesty and work permits for roughly 3.5 million foreigners, which is, close, which is close to a year's supply of new American workers. The letter said legislators should provide permanent relief for DREAMers. These people are ridiculous. The Senate should provide permanent legislative relief for DREAMers, such as long as they follow the rules set by Congress. They will not be deported and will be able to continue to work or continue their education. Uh, the other thing, permanent relief in long, for long-term TPS beneficiaries. The Senate should provide permanent legislation relief for long-term beneficiaries of the temporary protected status program, such as beneficiaries will not be deported and will not be able to continue to work, will be able to continue to work in the U.S. No reduction in legal immigration. A functioning immigration system should promote legal immigration, not discourage it. The chamber supports reprioritizing how visas are, are located to better meet domestic, economic, and workforce needs, but strongly oppose any reduction in, in legal immigration. A reduction in legal immigration will hinder overall economic growth and only encourage additional illegal immigration. Oh, this is ridiculous. Workable article of guest worker. The chamber continues to support a, man, a mandatory e-verify system based upon the Legal Workforce Act as introduced in the House. Any proposal that includes a mandatory e-verify system must, at the very least, be coupled with a workable agricultural guest worker program. So this is just a bunch of bullshit. Mark Zuckerberg which includes Facebook. The, the Mark Zuckerberg is investing in all these dreamers to keep them here. It's, it's a slap in the face to the American worker. It's a joke. It's a real fucking joke, and it makes me sick. It pisses me off. Um, it's unfortunate. I can't spend too much time on this topic, but we've known this for years that, you know, these CEOs uh, would rather have minorities uh, for cheaper labor. But uh, we got good news. Um, the GOP uh, takes lead. On a generic on on the congressional ballot, Trump approval rates 
uh, GOP takes the lead on the generic congressional ballot, which is coming up. Uh, we're doing very well, uh, the GOP. And Trump job approval hits up 47%. So you, you, you've got all this good stuff, uh, you know, that is, um, I mean, happening. I mean, I, you know, I talk about it on my show every day. I mean, this is unbelievable. We've never, our economy is more powerful now than it's ever been. We've got all these businesses making investments in our country. We've got all these companies opening up factories for the first time, all these companies moving their products back here and doing their, their manufacturing or building here. It's unbelievable. It's, un, it's amazing. I mean, it's strong, strong fucking numbers right now. Very strong numbers, and it's just going to get better and better. The Democrats are going to be in for a law, a rude awakening come midterms. Tell you, I'm looking at this, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's looking good. It's looking really good for us. Absolutely. And there was another article out today. Democrats struggle with rising popularity of the GOP tax law. Of course. They, they are badly struggling, and they're, they're trying to make whatever excuse possible um, to, to uh, you know, to sabotage Republicans have put into place for us and, and what Trump has put. I mean, this is the greatest tax bill in our history. It's unbelievable. Um, I'll read this to you a little bit. Uh, So Democrats are struggling to cope with the rising popularity of the Republican tax law less than nine months until the midterm elections. Democrats received a wake-up call of sorts earlier this week when Priorities USA, a top Democrat super PAC, released a memo calling on Democrats to message more consistently against the tax law. The law's standing has increased in the polls as GOP, GOP groups pitched the tax cut to voters as a solid Republican accomplishment. I think the memo is spot on, absolutely spot on, said um, Cherry Bustos, uh, a Democrat one of the 12 House Democrats who sits in districts where Trump won in 2016. We have to stay focused on this. Busto said you've got the budget, the tax bill, and the transportation that adds up to disaster in many parts of our country. And this is speaking from a Democrat. and leaves terrible debt for our – we've now got a lot of work right now. God, Democrats are terrified. According to the memo – uh, Trump marks on both the economy and taxes have grown by double digits over the past few months. Another poll released this week shows Republicans leading in the generic congressional ballot for the first time, largely due to the rise in popularity of the tax bill, forcing Democrats to re-examine their messaging in the coming months. Republicans continue to see the, the, the bill as their saving grace in the push to keep hold of the House and, and to lesser extent, the Senate. The American Action Network and an outside group with the backing of Speaker Paul Ryan has pumped $29 million to back the bill, including over $5 million since it passed in mid-December. The Koch brothers have also spent $20 million and plan to invest another $20 million to sell the law. House Republicans also have seized on the House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi's characterizations of the tax law. What she, has said, what she said is only giving crumbs back to taxpayers. So many Americans are getting amazing bonuses and benefits. Democrats from red states believe that was a mistake, but Pelosi continues to use that line. 
Pelosi is something else. The approach has to be more big picture than personal because you can't tell people that are getting too – yeah, I would say – yeah. Despite the tax bill, political wins still favor uh, – still favor Republic. This is good. Still favor us. So um, – Okay, let me – okay, so here's – okay, so I got I, something that you, you got – this is amazing. ICE has officially reported that 90% of all arrests of illegal aliens had criminal records, pending charges. These are the fucking people that Obama calls dreamers and the Democrats call dreamers. 90% of them have criminal records. And the people that argue that we don't need a, that building a wall is racist and building a wall is hateful, building a wall is going to keep these fucks out of our country and and keep a, a, an understanding of of what you know America is all about. It's, I mean, this is absolutely absurd. Ninety percent people, listen to that. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. I mean, that ICE is is busting people left and right, and they're they're getting so many people. I mean, they're doing a great job. They're doing a fantastic job. There's no doubt about it. A new report out today: more than 20 refugee resettlement offices to close nationwide. They are closing nationwide. Um. I think it's great. America first. This is America first. I mean, you know, we can't um, we can't take care of everybody. It's not our job. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, everybody knows Trump's whole campaign and his agenda is decreasing. Uh, you know, getting illegal immigration out of here. Like you know. More than 20 refugee settlement offices across the United States will close as President Trump's administration cuts down on the costly taxpayer-funded process of mass relocating foreign refugees across the country. So taxpayers are responsible for these fucks. And I've said so many times, why the hell do people give these people so much sympathy? Like, what? it's taxpayers' money that are paying for these people. It's ridiculous. And it's a fucking cycle. It has to end. And it is ending. It's done. Trump is putting it to a fucking end. And their ears are great. This year, you guys will laugh at this one. So, we always knew that Chris Rock. Actually, I'm going to come back to the Chris Rock one. This one you'll laugh at. I mean, this I meant this one. I clicked the wrong one. Elementary principal announces he's a transgender. Will start dressing as a woman. A 52-year-old male elementary school principal has announced that um, he is now transgender and we will begin dressing as a woman at school. Tom Daniels, principal of Stanley School in Swampscott, Massachusetts, said in a letter to the school community that was forwarded to the Boston Globe, I am transgender. For me, that means I identify as both a male and female, and I plan to move forward presenting myself and identifying as female. Jesus Christ. Daniel says he will now be known as Shannon, a name common to both males and females, perfectly denoting my fluid gender identity. 
He also indicated in his letter he prefers to have others use the pronouns he, she, and they when referring to him. As I nurture my new identity, I will most likely be presenting myself differently, Daniels continued. I will do everything in my power to ensure that there is no negative impact on our school community. According to the Salem News, Daniel said he woke up one morning and asked himself, who am I and what do I want? Daniels, who heads a school of kindergartners to fourth graders, God help those kids, recommended some simple language parents can use to explain their young children about his decision to identify the woman. Principal Daniels may look and sound different, but inside, Principal Daniels is still the same caring person, was one opinion. This doesn't change the fact that Stanley School is a great place to be learned, was another opinion, option recommended for parents explaining. According to CBS Boston, Daniels has been married to a woman for 29 years and has three children aged 16 to 23. He has has says since his decision, he feels closer to his wife. I feel really like calm and sort of peaceful and really kind of sensitive, he said. Daniels added he hopes to physically transition to become a woman. In a separate letter to parents, superintendent of schools, Pamela Angelicus wrote, I applaud Principal Daniels and admire the courage, honesty, and transparency that comes through in the letter you, you received. Angelicus included in her letter resources for parents about how to discuss transgender issues with children. Please don't. Please let them figure it out on their own. In an interview with Life Site News, Family Research Council Senior Fellow for Policy Studies Peter Sprigg said Daniel's transition from male to female will likely cause some distress to the young children at the school. Yeah, no shit. Children do not have the cognitive do not have the cognitive mindset to understand something which could upend their own developing sense of a secure natural identity as a male or female, he explained. Mr. Daniels' case is even more extreme and likely confusing to the children because he is not merely changing from a male to a female identity, but claims that he identifies as both a male and a female and is going to move forward presenting and identifying as a female. Children should not be subjected to, to such social engineering. I agree. I mean, this is this is the fucking total wrong thing to do. God, the next thing is going to be he's going to be in the bathrooms, uh, pedophile, touching and molesting and raping kids. This is just the closest. This is just another close step for him to pedophilia. You watch. There's been so many cases of trans trannies going in bathrooms and raping kids, and they play the same game. Oh, I identify as this and that. Shut the fuck! Like this fucking like, what the fuck is wrong with people? What the fuck? Like I, I can't believe some of the shit I'm reading. And you know what? As, 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 with the bathroom thing, as bad if, if parents believe that trannies should go in the bathroom with their kids, then you know what? They should. Nobody should feel sorry for them if something happens to their kid in the bathroom. And then maybe their mindset will change. It's got this whole, it's such a, it's ridiculous. Now we have every, every, I've been reading multiple reports this week. Law enforcement is constantly praising Trump. I mean, there's never been a president that's been, I mean, President Trump, law enforcement, like there, there's been no president 
that has ever gotten the kind of respect from law enforcement that Trump has. I mean, Trump's gotten the most respect and the most love from law enforcement than any other president. The law enforcement loves Trump because Trump is putting forth signature and traditional American values and how our society and how our life should be led and how it should, you know, be, be put together. So you, another thing, this guy, this will make you laugh. And Chris Rock is a fucking racist. He's a fucking little fucking, he's a racist all fucking day long. And he's a fucking ugly motherfucker. Talks like a fucking girl. And he's like, I think he's anorexic or something. Well, Chris Rock made the stupid statement the other night saying, you'd think cops would occasionally shoot a white kid just to make it look good. I mean, the kind of shit that comes out of this fucking guy's mouth. I mean, Chris Rock's an Oreo. Chris Rock is as Oreo as it gets. Chris Rock reminds me of a guy uh, that, I, that I knew years ago, named Amani Tashomi, uh, you know, that's an Oreo, that is as white as can be, black on the outside, but whitest personality as can be. And Chris Rock, Chris Rock and, and this guy, Amani, try to act like they're hard, but they're the whitest, as, they're, they're as white as can be. So basically him, say, him saying he, he wish a, a white kid would have got shot by a cop, that's like fuck you. That's like uh, disrespecting your own people, you dumb fuck. All your friends are white, you stupid, fucking ugly, goddamn. Uh, you look at you what you are. Uh, Adam Sandler, David Spade, every one of your friends are white. You don't have a black friend in Hollywood, you fucking. You're a fucking trick, bro. You're a bitch. You're the weakest black man, bro. You couldn't win enough. Man, and I, I remember I ran into you, dog. I remember I ran into Chris Rock, everybody. This guy's the biggest wimp and the biggest uh, tweaker. I mean, this guy is all, is, like, when I saw him, I mean, he was on drugs. There was no doubt about it. Bloodshot eyes. He had cough syrup in his hand. He was right, right near uh, my office building in Phoenix. He was doing a show here. And he was, I mean, the guy looked like shit. He was saying weird shit. Um, he was rude to fans. Um, you know, just the whole thing. I mean, the guy, the guy's off his fucking rocker. And, um, you know, that sort of statement just proves his ignorance. All his friends are fucking white. He doesn't have a, a black friend. Talks white. He has a white voice. You know, um, you know that's those sort of jokes. Though, imagine if a white comedian said that about a black, said shoot a black kid, everybody would flip their shit. But since Chris Rock is black and he made this comment and he's a liberal, he gets a pass. Of course, the media is going to give him a pass. All righty, guys. I got, let's see here. Here's a great, here's something that really needs to be addressed and talked about. For $10 for, for $10 billion, with a B, $10 billion, we could have our, we could have all our schools in the country armed, safe, and secure and never have to worry. You think about how much money the government wastes on stupid shit. This is actually something constructive and something that will work. 
fuck politics. This is, this is somebody's life. And I know the Democrats won't want this because it will go – it will totally drift away from their talking point about banning guns and about all that fucking gun control stupid shit. So for $10 billion, we could actually secure our schools across the country. It would be well fucking worth it. We need it. Before I go, this is a, this is a good one. Kim Jong-un, our buddy, fat boy, um, over in North Korea, fears Trump will attack. He's scared of Trump. Like I said from the beginning, I, I always knew this, but the fact that he made it public recently, that's, uh, at least he admitted the truth, Kim Jong-un, that you're scared of Trump. I would be scared of Trump, too. Uh, and Kim Jong-un is reaching out to South Korea to buy time, former North Korea officials say. Kim Jong-un has been reaching out to the South Korean government in an effort to buy time to develop his nuclear program amid fears that the U.S. will launch a preventative strike on the north, 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 on the north. The defector who worked for the regime said Wednesday. The former ruling party official, Ri Jong-ho, said the North Korean leader's willingness to engage with the South and participate in Pai Jong-un Winter Olympics has been out of concern for an attack of the country. Blah, 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 blah. So... Okay, hold on. Where is it? Kim Jong-un is afraid the U.S. will launch a preventative strike, and he is trying to buy time to complete his nuclear missile program. The Trump administration is reportedly debating a bloody nose strike on North Korea, a limited military attack meant to deter the regime from continuing its nuclear program. Yet critics fear such a move would start an all-out war and endanger millions of living in South Korea. Ri worked in Office 39 of North Korea's ruling Workers' Party, the office responsible for raising funds for the Kim regime for 30 years. The North Korean defector said allegations the sanctions against the country are not working is untrue, and Kim is still trying to create a hole in the sanctions against Pyongyang. Kim Jong is struggling under the strongest yet sanctions and military and diplomatic pressure, so he's trying to improve the situation by putting on a false front, Rhee said. Rhee lauded President Trump's efforts to bring attention to human rights violations carried out by the Kim regime, indicating it was the strongest and most effective weapon used to resolve the standoff. So here we go. We got this crazy fucking North Korea. He's scared of Trump. He's very scared of Trump. I knew it. He's a fucking pussy. He's scared of Trump. And, uh, you know, Tr- Trump has something up his sleeve. Uh, to, you know, maybe a, maybe a little attack to warn North Korea, you know, that, you know, their petty threats and, and their ignorance and, their, and their, their intimidation and them trying to scare us isn't going to fucking work. It's, it's going to do – we're going to destroy them. You know, um, that that's how it's going to be, and that's what it is. Um, all right, guys, uh, time's up. Um, I want to thank all of you for listening to the Rory Sauter Show and tuning in. I appreciate all of you. Um, you guys are all amazing. Thank you to all my new listeners. I hope you all have a great weekend. Um, God bless, um, and I'll see you soon, everybody. Cheers.